Welcome to the On-Premise IT Podcast, the only show that dares to be both on-topic or on-premise and, surprisingly, on-premises, on-location. I'm your host, Stephen Foskett from Gestalt IT, and today we're talking about the skills required in the new world of cloud. But before we get started, let's meet who's on the panel today. Hi, I'm Gina Rosenthal, and I live in Austin, Texas, and I have a startup that does product marketing as a service. You can find me at Gminx on Twitter. Hi, I'm Pumla Schmidt. I'm a cloud architect at Vanguard, and I'm from Pennsylvania, and you can find me on Twitter as at ExchangeGoddess. Hi, I'm Becky Elliott. I live in the DC area. I do ops work for the public sector, and you can find me on Twitter at Becky L. Elliott. And I'm Stephen Foskett, and you can find me at gestaltit.com and on Twitter at sfoskett. So we are here at Cloudfield Day 15, and one of the things that came up was the variety, uh, well, the, the, the way in which cloud operations is different from traditional enterprise tech. And the three of you have a variety of different backgrounds. You've also got a lot of different skills and um, a lot of different experience in the IT operations and DevOps world. Uh, but of course, all of you have seen the, the whole landscape shift underneath you and seen the different skills required in cloud ops. So I guess let's start off, Gina, if you want to start off, what is the difference? Uh, what is cloud ops? I think cloud ops is the operational roles required to run a, a cloud environment. And I think these days, without getting into the whole discussion about cloud, <laughs> what is cloud, that's any type of, of um, uh, ecosystem. Because at this point, even on-prem, people are trying to figure out how to run on-premises data centers in a cloud-like way. So, um, so I, I think some of the skills that are needed are very much the same skills that sysadmins and vadmins have already from a technical perspective. So especially if you know how to write shell scripts, if you know how to code a little, all of those things to stitch your environment together is very important. But I think as we move to operating cloud environments, you have to pull up a little bit more and you not only have to have these technical skills and these fix them kind of things, you might not be racking and stacking anymore in a cloud environment, but you definitely have to know the entire environment and how to work with a dev team and understand the requirements of what they're building, even to the point that maybe it becomes more important. Um, I think another role that'll come out of this besides the traditional kind of ops roles we're used to is, um, a cloud economist, like you have to know, and this is the FinOps that people talk about. You have to know when it's better to use one licensing or um, infrastructure model over another. So I think there's a variety of ways we can go with that. And, and I agree with you. FinOps is part of cloud ops. And, and cloud ops is basically, you know, a role that is there to support um, services and, and functions features within a cloud platform in your environment. Um, and who all that is, I mean, it's engineers, it's operators, um, and like you said, FinOps, right? Someone that can break down the billing because that ultimately the cloud is, is about money, right? Um, but it's also, uh, and you made a good point, you know, the, the non-technical skills, those people skills, because you're more involved with others, uh, other people outside your individual department, uh, you know, it's, it's a lot more collaborative because you are dealing with developers and you're also dealing with the business because now it's about uptime and resiliency so that there's there's a lot more people skills involved. Yeah. 
Uh, yeah, so technology continues to change and things get called different things. And I think that Cloud Apps really, like Gina was saying, is a continuation of like the, the system admin work. You look at AWS and they're really leaning hard into the public sector in DC. Um, and pretty much everyone that I've worked with who has not had cloud experience has gotten reached out from AWS just because it's, it's really a struggle to find people who are cleared and who have the skills. Um, and the skills, they really aren't that different. I mean, ideally, you'd have some like automation and scripting. But again, technology is a lot of the same things being called different things. You're, you're right. You know, and, and tech is easy. Right. The technology portion of this is easy. It's the other stuff yes. that makes it complicated yep, and hard. So wait a minute, we talk about cloud roles. You're a cloud architect. You're the only one with a cloud in your name. What is a cloud architect? Oh, geez. <laughs> what do you do every day, Puma? <laughs> I, 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 so I help define strategy and drive that strategy across our organization. Um, so uh, my role you know, is slightly different than someone else that is also a cloud architect within the same organization. So it just really depends on you know the company you're at and, and how they how they want to title you because I think I hate to say this but sometimes titles don't mean a lot but then they do mean a lot. It, it, it's one of those. It depends. <laughs> I didn't answer the question. <laughs> I know. I know. I do a lot of stuff. I'll, I'll do these assigned. Right. <laughs> it seems like it's a really um, it's kind of the same but different yes, in terms yeah. of the, in terms of the job role. And so folks like yourselves who have a lot of experience in this area for previously, um, do you think that that's helping you to get in, to get a, a cloud ops, uh, cloud architect, et cetera? Do you think it helps you to get into those roles or do you think it would hold a person back to have a lot of existing enterprise tech skills? That's a good question. I think. One of the things that I've seen um, someplace that I worked and just from talking to different companies, there definitely is, um, with, with, with some people, they see DevOps as a religion. And um, DevOps isn't any different to me than ITIL was or Six Sigma or there's some, I have all of these certifications, right? I think DevOps is that same kind of thing. It could be something beautiful where you bring the teams together and the communications together and all the rest of it. But the people that are on this really extreme side that see it kind of as a religion, they don't want there to be ops at all. They want it to be developers who engineer the product. They're the ones that start doing the operational roles, which is great. That's what we've always wanted because it kind of gets out of control when dev doesn't know how it gets deployed. But once it gets to scale, you have to have people come in and be able to, to understand, bring all of our experiences from all of our data center experiences about scaling and what it takes to secure something, all the boring data center hygiene that we do to bring those principles over into a cloud area. I do think that if you stay too far on the op side of things and you don't want to communicate with developers and you don't want to share best practices and you don't, and you want to continue to work in a little silo where you control all the servers or storage or the VMware environment, there's, that could be detrimental because this, we're definitely moving to something where Things are going to move too fast for you to feel like you own everything and have to be right about every little thing. Well, that's where I said, you know, the tech is the easy portion, right? You're going to learn new tech. You're constantly learning new tech because tech is constantly evolving. Because if you're not, you're, you're going to be stale, even if you're still on premises. It, it, regardless, you're going to learn new technology. It is the other stuff, the people skills, 
that really evolved. Like you said, you're going to be working with developers. You, you've got to communicate. And I think that's hard. It's, diff it's, it's a different way of working, less siloed, more together. Right, and, it, and it's like you look at those people skills, you don't have to work in tech to have those people skills. And yep. actually coming from tech is probably <laughs> like a liability for having people skills, right? It's really <laughs> yes. easy to get like bitter and like jaded at like, like maybe developers or like any other group that <laughs> has caused you pain. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yes, exactly. exactly. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And I think that the beautiful thing about tech always has been that it's really easy to break into and it has never been easier to break into. I mean, we could have like look at when we came up, you had to buy books to learn things. Yes, I still have them. Right. And it's like and now it's like YouTube, you can do like whatever you want. And again, like you're saying, like I joke that like all of the work that I do, my 14 year old could do. Right. There's nothing that's hard except for the peopling. Well, yeah, I think and the collaboration. The, the people skills, uh, and I think you brought up a good point, like um, do you need the older technology skills for the new? Yeah, I actually think so. Um, I feel like if you want to be a good cloud ops person, you should have an understanding of how the old way was so that when you are building new, you aren't making the same mistakes from the way the old way. Basically, you're not repeating those mistakes. It's having a good foundational understanding of how on-premises operations work is good. Having the actual experience, it would be nice, but nowadays, you know, it really doesn't mm -hmm. matter. But knowing how it, it functioned or, or operated is a plus for me. And it's the same from a cloud, uh, the new way of operating with cloud apps. For the on-premises folks, you know, if you want to get into a more cloud ops role, um, Upscaling yourself helps you, you know, get that foot into the door. Do you think you need that hands-on experience, or it would be enough to have a friend who had that, right? Being able yeah, to I, I, and just, yeah. I think it really just depends on the person too. You know, if you're if you're interviewing someone, it if they have enough drive and willingness to learn, I'm probably going to hire them over someone that doesn't have the same attitude and drive even though they have a lot more experience. Because I know that that other person is probably going to work really hard to get upskill and excel. I, what I think, when, sometimes when I see, so I was just talking about the old ways, because I was a Unix and a Linux admin, and when I see things come across about set and awk, I'm just like, oh, everybody's getting excited. <laughs> so it's stuff that I did a long time ago that, um, that was hard when we did it, but we, that's how we stitched... Um, client server together back in the day. So I, I love that now we've, we've got a whole you know, generation of people that have a lot of battle scars behind them that can use those battle scars and pick up the old things and hopefully teach a new generation of ops that it might not be cool, but we're badasses. So. <laughs> Linux is one of those really interesting skills that if you looked five years ago, there was not the demand for Linux admins that there is, but you look at Kubernetes and cloud, it, I mean, True. it runs on Linux. Like that is absolutely an old skill that is beneficial to have. Not that old, though. You know, yeah. Just, you know. <laughs> a good Linux admin yeah. skill. No. Yeah. Usually, I'd be almost always self-taught. And that's actually a point that I wanted to make as well, is that the self-taught aspect of it. Because the barriers, as you're saying, the barriers have never been lower to people who want to enter uh, IT. Because yeah. when I started in my IT community or my IT career, um, there was literally no way to get hands-on experience with Unix because 
there was no such thing as Linux. And you literally just, you had to like go to a university or find yourself in industry and, and, and get yourself behind some big iron computer. Nowadays, not only is there widespread free and open source availability of the tools for people to kind of uh, experiment with, as you mentioned, there's you know plenty of uh, lessons out there on YouTube. Uh, somebody can literally build an entire modern cloud infrastructure for free in the cloud as, as an experiment and then tear it down and then start again. And in fact, there's a lot of tutorials about doing just that. Uh, this, um, there's also uh, less institutional barriers in terms of, of people saying, oh, you're not the right person for this. Uh, you, should, you shouldn't be looking at this career. You should be looking at that career because frankly, it's all, it's all open and available if you want to you know, enroll and teach yourself and, and get involved, right? Yeah, and I think something that's really important about that is we hear a lot about um, become, how becoming a dev, and so many people say, here's how Dev Academy, this and that. But what you're describing is all operations work, and, and you don't have to, the development is not the only place where there's lots and lots of job roles right now. And I think beyond well, just- you, you can't have a development place to develop if you don't have, if you don't have the infrastructure. And the, you, know. you need us. So, yeah. but, uh, but if it's so easy to teach yourself, and now there's so many people in the industry that kind of are phasing maybe to the cloud architect role, and we're gonna need the ops roles, this is the perfect time to teach yourself and try to get in and maybe look some, at some of those ops rules so we can share our experience with you and you don't have to, you know, get the same, you know, the same battle stars. scars. <laughs> <laughs> you can have different ones. So when you look at ops, like versus the other roles, like being a developer or information security, do you feel like it, it's like it's almost less or it's more or it's more exclusive? or harder to get into than like the other roles? Cause you kind of look even like women in tech, not to go back to like women in tech, but you look at like InfoSec and it's crazy diverse. And like people coming into it, one of my favorite people that I follow on Twitter, she used to have the Twitter handle hair hacker <laughs> and she got into information security and mainframes after like, like cutting hair. And it just seems like somebody- I think people just don't, Think about. I don't think anybody thinks about. Right. Nobody it's, wants to go to top. Yeah, it's, it's not, not glamorous. You get out of college and say, "Woo, I'm going to go take care of the whole infrastructure." <laughs> Nobody thinks about it because we don't talk about. And and for me, I find this much more satisfying. I mean, this I've been this for 20 years, right? Over 20 years, I find this much more satisfying than writing an application. That's cool too. I, but like, I would rather like, okay, what's the problem? I can zero in on it. And the, to me, operations world is amazing. And so now that it's you know, a lot of the, if, if we're looking at a cloud ops model, right, then you're not going to mess with the hardware anymore, really. Yeah. And if it's on a cloud and not on-prem, you don't have to wear, mess with the metal and even the VM at all. Yeah. You're just messing with, okay, you need this to go and you need it to go fast and you need it to go across clouds and all of it. There's so much um, less to have to worry about with the it's hardware more engineering. piece. No, and can't yeah, it, right. it's, 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 it's a lot more it's engineering. it's way exciting, and I don't think people know it. I don't think it's a gendered thing. I think people are like, eh, why would I do that? Yeah, it's, <laughs> it's, not, a, it's not a glamorous role. It's oftentimes thought of as like, you know, we're, we're like the bottom of the yeah, barrel. Like the IT janitor. Yeah, like, yeah. We're, we're, we're the guy in the base. But I, like you, I like being an ops and infrastructure because we keep the lights on. We make sure that you're up and running, doing your job. And the business is running and operating, and but we also are shifting in a way that we're 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 looking at new technologies to help you become more productive, right? 
to be more competitive in, in the business. And that's where I see cloud ops, yeah. whatever roles you have in a cloud ops type pillar, we're here to help drive innovation as well by looking at new technology. It's not, you know, this like bottom of the barrel role. This is a cool role to be in. And yeah, it's kind of cool when your environment's up and running and everybody's down. Like, hey, That's we're still up. I've got yeah. nine, 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 nines, right? I like it because I like being right. And the reason you're right is because you go through these experiences when the times that you're not up or that people need to put a new application up or um, one of these other types of things going on and things break, you're the one that has to research the infrastructure and come back to your team and say, these are our choices. This is what we can do. So if you're in a small enough place, you learn the financial side. Yep. You have to know the application. You have to know how all of the different applications you've purchased work with the application and support it and make it run. So if you like being right, you want to be in ops. <laughs> That's all I have to say. <laughs> So what, what do the roles look like uh, when you are getting into, in, into it? Because we've been talking about basically people coming in um, with, uh, as an entry-level job. What is an entry-level job in cloud ops? What is the next step for that person? And then what does the career trajectory look like for that person as they move up through uh, cloud ops? I, don't think, I think that's one of these things that I would love to know the answer. Because from a marketing perspective, that's how we kind of Get to it because I don't think some of the roles I'm thinking of, like cloud architect or an SRE, site reliability manager, or a DevOps engineer, some people say that. I don't think those necessarily are our entry level. I think you do have a have need to have a little bit more experience, but I'm not really sure what that would be. I, I think each organization terms it different, right? Um, you know, there, there's support roles, but I like to just term everyone in ops as you're an engineer especially from a cloud perspective, because you're not tinkering. You're not racking and stacking. Uh, so you're engineering functions. You're engineering features together. So everyone's an engineer uh, to a point. So I, yeah, it, it's, and it's difficult when you throw in the dynamics of how businesses operate and HR, and you know, when you start throwing titles around. And what's right? Yeah, I agree that it's a really tough question, and you kind of look at roles like you're on this up trajectory, and that's not necessarily the case. A lot of people in IT move from like up place cross, to, up, yeah, 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 yeah. And if you think about it, like on, in the on-premises ops world, one of the entry levels would be, you know, like a junior systems administrator or oh, data data center, okay, getting the tapes right. out of the data. That, yeah, yeah, it's always been backup, so you yeah. can learn everything. So I'm not sure what that role is because backups aren't as there are backup engineers, but they use software to accomplish right. the same yeah. thing. Yeah. So I wonder if that's where people, you know, brand new to the industry come. But I think once you get up a ways, it's going to be that SRA, DevOps engineer, um, yeah, I, and I, then I, architect. Yeah, I would see that as more senior roles. Or thin ops. Like, yeah, that's what I'm saying, because you said the trajectory, right? So you yeah. come in and you learn to do some stuff. And then you can either go and be the architect that, and this is how I've seen it in organizations. So you, tell, you guys tell me if this is how you've seen it. But like... You get, um, you have the people that do the work, which is going to be the SRE, the, the DevOps engineer, that are actually doing, pushing out things, keeping the, making sure all of the Ansible and Terraform scripts are written and they're written the right way and they're going to work. But then upwards, you have a cloud architect that will look at different things. So that cloud architect will look at, okay, we're going to be on these two public clouds and we're gonna use this service and this service and this service. We're gonna use these external applications. That's your menu. So um, this is what you get. And then architects assigned to different areas, that's their whole menu, right? Yeah, There's a nice standardized menu. Yeah. 
And then above that, you might have like a platform VP that or owns it all. And then on the side, you have FinOps because FinOps has to be in all those discussions. And I think that person has to be a technical person that understands the SLAs and costing if there's anything physical that they have to do. They have to understand all of that and how that will impact a particular operation and that operation's run rate, not operation um, application, and that application's run rate to see how much money they're getting here or there. Yeah, that, that, that's usually like a business analyst type role that, yeah. can, that can analyze the data. But then you also have like vendor management as well yeah. that, that comes in the other side. So you've got, you know, FinOps and you've got the vendor management. You've got your architects and you have your engineering, right, that sits in the middle. And everybody kind of works with the engineering crew. That's why, you know, ops is great, right? You're working with everyone. And I agree with you, the architecture role is more that strategy, that drive and helping define where you need to go. The organization I work in, the engineers are the ones that actually do the implementation. Yeah. We, we tell them what to implement and how to implement it. And they, they actually go and press the buttons because of segregation of duty. Well, I think that that's actually really um, what I was looking for because there's a lot of different roles here and all of them have the opportunity to learn and to bring different skills to bear. And so if somebody listening was like, hey, that, that, that's me, that sounds like me, I'm actually kind of interested in fin financial aspects of this and I could definitely do like business analysis and so on. I think that you know the encouragement that I would give them and I think that what you would give them too is go, go to it, right? Because mm -hmm. th this is a big opportunity and companies are really looking for this. So again, you guys are in the, in the industry. Y'all are, are, have uh, jobs and positions and exposed to different companies. Um, what kind of opportunities are out there? How big is the opportunity? How many vacancies are there? You know, what <laughs> oh. kind of companies are looking for these? I don't know the size of it because it's not something I've looked at. And I hate giving numbers when I don't well, know. Well, don't get numbers. Yeah. <laughs> but it's huge. It's everybody that I talk to is trying to find someone that is experienced enough to do what they need them to do. And I think this is the hard part. So we're in this part of this digital transformation where uh, there's not an agreed upon term for, for the, the openings. So you have to do a little bit of homework and you have to... Just my suggestion would be if, if, if um, being um, an architect, is some, a cloud architect, something you're really interested in, I would get on LinkedIn and I would say cloud architect and I would look at the jobs that are being offered and then I'd go and see what's entailed and then I'd go look at people who have that in their title and I would look and see what they do and what their experience has been. And then you, because then you might see different titles and you might see different search terms yes. where you can narrow it down. So if you see something that might actually be a cloud architect role and it's called something strange, you won't miss it because you kind of understand. And that might also lead you to different roles that are, are open. Because I'm, I really do think like that business analyst is a technical role. And if that's something you're into, that would be super easy at this point in time because there's hardly anybody doing it. It's, up and, it's an up and coming role. Just figure it out. And if you have to take a couple of classes over, you know, someplace to get up to speed on something, just... Just do it. Just whatever. There's so much to do right now. Or, and just learn to to code. So like the job the job um, descriptions. Yeah. Okay. So to add, to add to what you've said, everything you said is great. But also keep in mind that um, organizations create titles that sometimes don't actually reflect the function that you are doing. Uh, so yeah, you sometimes have to take titles with a grain of salt and actually. If you're really curious of, of what this role is based off the title, 
you, know, you can always reach out to to someone and and find out because I, I know certain big tech organizations are revamping uh, titles. You know, like technical program manager to technical product manager. Like, what really is that? Is that just a, a you know a program manager or a PM or a project manager? Like, who knows, right? Um, but the, there is definitely I've seen a shift in titling with the big tech companies. And then you see, then eventually it trickles down into non-big tech and then everybody gets confused again. <laughs> uh, yeah, so so again, you know, we've all grown to love the community and I there, there are people that wanna help you if you are looking for a role, but also when you look at job descriptions, don't necessarily, especially this is really bad for women, like we exclude ourselves because we don't meet all the criteria. Just like job titles are not right, I know that we've all, I don't know if you guys have ever accepted a role and what you were told you were going to do and what you actually did were two completely different things. Yeah. And so just just be aware that there's sometimes. Yeah, yeah. Sorry. Yeah. <laughs> I think we've all been there. Yeah. But also for people looking to hire, uh, take a chance. Take a chance on someone. They may not have every single skill set that you are looking for, but if they have that potential, you could find that diamond in the rough. And honestly, like I am a perfect example of that uh, so many times. And, and it's, you just have to listen to the person in an interview. And if you get that feeling that they're going to have so much potential, go for it because you just never know where it's going to take you and take, and take that person's career. So, you know, take a chance on someone. Right. Excellent. And I, I, I completely agree. And I think that in as well, um, there's a lot of people out there that want to help you and want to mentor you. And I know that, uh, you know, in the industry, especially um, for new people wanting to get in, for people who show their excitement and, and interest in these topics. And I, personally, I would say that if, if somebody sort of dives into the topic and tries to teach themselves and tries to learn and, and, and goes through, you know, watching courses and learning as much as they possibly can. Uh, that's a sign that that's somebody that you want to invest in because that's somebody who's trying to, to 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 get involved and to try to learn these skills. Whether they already have IT skills, but maybe they're a little rusty or in, in an older uh, field, or maybe they're somebody from outside IT. So I really appreciate this conversation. I think that it's true that uh, cloud operations is going to require new skills. But hopefully uh, the listeners have, have realized that these new skills are not impossible to get. It's not a, a door it, 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 that's closed. It's a door that's open. And I think that's the important thing. So thank you so much for joining us for the On-Premise IT podcast. If you'd like to learn more, uh, where can we follow you and uh, continue this conversation with you? Okay, so you can follow me um, in my company on LinkedIn or at the website. Both are Digital Sunshine Solutions with an S. Uh, you can follow me on the Twitters as at Exchange Glass. I'm also on LinkedIn. Uh, you can follow me on my blog, Becky Elliott, E-L-L-I-O-T-T dot com. And then I also have a new domain that I'm spinning up, SheWrites.Tech. And you can find more content like this at uh, GestaltIT.com. This podcast is brought to you by Gestalt IT, your home for IT coverage from across the enterprise. For show notes and more episodes, go to gestaltit.com slash podcast. You can also find us on YouTube at Gestalt IT Video and in your favorite podcast aggregator. Uh, while you're there, please do give us a rating and a review since that really does help. Thanks for listening and we'll see you next week.